everybody, and welcome back to the Next Level Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Leslie. We have another carnivore episode. I know. Oh my God, will this bitch ever shut up about carnivore? <laughs> no, I will not, because this is really important, and many of my fans and subscribers want to know more, and I guess they like my crazy, nerdy, sexy um, It's the sexy. It's the sex. It's the sexy. I'm I'm too sexy. I'm too sexy. You know, it's like the SNL episode, right? When Antonio Banderas There you I go. I just can't I cannot be sexy. <laughs> so we're gonna talk I mean, I guess apparently I'm like labeled um the hot carnivore doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. Stamp. Fuck I should it. get a tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, Lana. You don't? But maybe I should. I'll have tattoo that. your ass. Will you? I would. I guess we're going for the ass cut. <laughs> <laughs> It's where the most meat is at. Carnivore diet. It's true. Yes, actually. If I could, I think if I went on a a carnivore diet, I would eat your ass. Apparently it tastes very good. (laughs) So it's a good choice. (laughs) I mean, so I've... (laughs) So I've heard. (laughs) Heard, maybe experienced. (laughs) TMI, oh my God. So, no, actually, fun fun fact about me mm-hmm. and the carnivore diet is I'm training in a new way too, but way less intense than I used to. I can't – I don't need to expend as much energy because the carnivore diet, I'm just slimming down. Like, you know, I really? did my tango competition and I won gold medal. And yes. Yeah. First place okay, in okay, the, pro, the pro <laughs> stage. Yes. yes I kicked ass. Um, but I was training for that and not excessively. Like my training style was very different than when I won the bikini muscle competitions years ago. Mm-hmm. And I really like I'm carving and chiseling out and I barely have to do anything because right. you're in this like modest calorie deficit. I feel like even though I eat like a fucking garbage can, like I literally <laughs> in Canada, we call them garburators, but I guess they're garbage disposals, yes. you know, where you like, I feel like that. I'm like, how much fat and meat can I possibly eat and not get fat? I'm shrinking. Nice. And so anyway, it's, it's funny because I've noticed like, I'm trimming up in the waist and my kneecaps and like everything is like, mm. it's like trimming up. So my shape is an hourglass figure, right? I've got yes, it is. Itty bitty waist. Yes, I actually have is. a tiny rib cage. Mm. My boobs are like a G. <laughs> They're a G. They don't They're look gangsta. like that. I know. That's 4D. Okay. No, but because my, my rib cage to boob height ratio uh-huh. is a certain amount of centimeters. That's how you measure cup size. There you go, guys. Now you know. No. <laughs> but um, no, I've been like shrinking. So I, I hold a lot of my weight in my thighs and my butt. I've got a nice perkier butt. It's like you raising. Do. And like everything's leaning out very nicely. But I've noticed like even my boobs, they look bigger really I think because everything is shrinking even more here like my waist is shrunk like an inch my rib cage because you know girls get like the back fat and the boob fat yes. and all that stuff that can actually it you gain weight here mm-hmm. and so like I'm just shrinking in all the areas where I'm not holding my fat so I'm getting skinnier in my mm. skinny areas and shredding slowly in like my you know brown fat or my you know problem areas but I feel like my boobs feel so much more ginormous I think it's just because everything why do you think that is like Diet wise, like meat wise, I think because all the fat is going to my boobs. Nice. I'm kidding. Nice. No, not at all. <laughs> well, because I obviously had an augmentation, so mm-hmm. you know, there's only so much fat that can melt away from my boobs, and my boobs stay. I think it's just 
the relationship, like the rib cage, I'm just, I shred down very easily yeah. in my torso because of the nature of my body type. So it's been very interesting actually to be a little bit more on the serious side, which is fun, but also boring sometimes, um, is, <laughs> is learning how my body is responding to this carnivore thing mm -hmm. on the aesthetic side, right. the strength and, um, you know, inflammation and how my body is responding, but then also, of course, chemically at the physiologic level, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's been very interesting to see how my body's been shifting and transforming and I have to work out way less than I had to before to make gains. Like how does it make you awesome. like feel like physically and mentally? So do you feel different? That's a great question. So I was going a little extreme and I didn't know I was going extreme the two weeks before my competition. I mm -hmm. wasn't drinking a ton. I was drinking a lot of sparkly waters, which I really like, but they're bubbly. So mm -hmm. they make me full, yeah. which is great tip I gave in one of my episodes, the last one about how to get your intermittent fasting hours in. Oh. If you drink bubbly water, like sparkling water, and there's a couple different brands that I drink, you can actually, the fizzies help you stay full because they push, they create this whole oh. process that makes you feel full. So I was drinking a lot of those because I got on this like sparkling water kick. Mm -hmm. I was not eating, I guess, near as much as I usually do. And I was getting very lightheaded and my I was very weak when I was prepping for my competition. Mm. And the day of, uh, so it was a three-day competition on Saturday, day two, when I made it to semifinals, I did the pro, like I did my my all my performing. The last one, I barely fucking made it. I barely made it because I was so lightheaded and I had no energy strength. Oh, like no. I wasn't, I, I was drinking enough water. I'd made sure I had salted. Mm -hmm. I just realized my calorie consumption was so low. I had zero, zero um, stores of sugar in my liver. Oh. So the fat gets converted and you have the slow release of cholesterol or a slow release of energy rather. And it does get converted into sugars. Mm -hmm but not in the same way, essentially, and you don't have it as readily available. So all my stores were depleted, and I, my body was just in literal starvation mode. Oh, my God. In a way that I'd never, ever experienced it before. I mean, I was still eating. I had, like, a bag of Tillamook sausages. Yes, I eat sausage. <laughs> yeah, get your mind out of the gutter, Lana. <laughs> she eats meat. <laughs> I eat the meat. Um... <laughs> And, and I had, I think, you know, a few strips of bacon and I think two eggs. That was not enough. Like that, I mean, it was just, it's very weird how my body is responding. I get into a calorie deficit and this fatigue if I do not eat enough calories very, very quickly. Mm. And my body responds. Like I just, I'm exhausted. I literally burn out. I get short of breath. I have no muscle strength. It's very weird. It's nothing like I've ever experienced before. When I did ballet, I tried starving myself. I tried throwing up a few times. No I'm not a bulimic. <laughs> I hate throwing up. It was did not work. I did, tried it twice in one day, and I'm like, this is stupid. Ugh. And then I tried starving myself, but I like sugar too much, so that didn't work very well. Ugh. So I would live off of sugar, which, as you will learn, is literally the antichrist if there was one, mm. um, with so all the chronic illnesses and heart disease and all the other things. Um, but I've never felt this type of weakness. So it's really important that people are getting enough calories and, and increase it. I actually am suggesting if people are going to be training for anything athletic or competitive where they have to really exert themselves, they must incorporate some sort of carbohydrate. 
I mean, I can only consume so much fat. This is what I did. So I ended up having some uh, bread that morning just to get in a ton of eggs. Cause there's some carbohydrates and eggs. I felt so much better just mm-hmm. because I had to re, uh, you know, build my storage very, very quickly. If I would have been eating lots of fat or maybe if I was eating butter throughout the day or cheese, I can't eat cheese, you see. You can't? I can't. I can't process it. I can't digest it. Oh, I love cheese. I know. I did too when I thought maybe on carnivore I will miraculously be able to uh-huh. eat cheese because every my microbiome will be good. I can handle cheese more than I did before, but too much and it's excessive. Dang. Yeah, and then I have side effects. So... I mean, for anyone else, they could just eat cheese throughout the day, little, you know, cheese or, or whatever. But I just, I can't. So I'd have to eat just straight butter and I can't really do that. So for me, I un- had the unfortunateness that I had to have. I mean, this is an exceptional situation. I This meant gold medal or not. Oh. And so I'm like, I have to eat carbohydrates because I literally feel so weak yeah so weak heart pounding um and all the things so of course if you're not eating enough you're not getting enough salt if you don't eat enough fluid or drink enough fluid and consume and all that kind of thing so it was a constellation it wasn't just the carbohydrates but I know it was a big portion of it I just didn't have enough storage my bad but I live and learn (laughs) so next time you know we don't necessarily have to do carbohydrates so I'm gonna I'm going to be a little bit more gentle in my recommendation to do carbs. I'm just saying if you haven't experimented and you can't eat, you don't eat the cheese or, you know, you're feeling weak, you might have to incorporate. I'm not saying to do breads necessarily. You could do other types of vegetables that are low oxalates, low low carb, um, but maybe give you something more ab- immediate. What, but what vegetables would have that? Like broccoli or? Avocado, spinach. Ooh, mm, yum. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right? That's it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> well, there. I think. I mean, there's mushroom and onions. I think you can have too like that are shrooms. low oxalates that are decent in carbohydrates. So, but again, when I'm, I was also nervous, mm-hmm. right, for my competition, and so I didn't have a huge appetite either mm-hmm. because I was nervous and I was like adrenaline was pumping and I was just killing it. So it was really hard for me to consume the extra calories from my regular source. So I, I feel that I broke down and had some carbohydrates, and um, <laughs> it really did the trick. So I think I told you, or I said in one of the episodes that I will do a carb day sometimes every you know week or every ten days. Or treat day. A mm-hmm. treat. Who's a good girl? And we get a treat day. Uh, but I don't really do that. I didn't do that for the three weeks leading up to my competition either. So mm-hmm. I wasn't replenishing. Okay. So I'm still learning. I'm like four and a half months, three, five months into this carnivore diet, mm-hmm. which you think is a long period of time, but I haven't been doing these excessive the competitions. Things and, yeah. and, you know, you kind of get slacky sometimes. And like, I'll just live off of sausage. A whole day. I <laughs> love bacon. Sausage. I know it's so good. Uh, it's so good. So, so if you're if you're trying to cut weight, like you say, like like for the normal person who's not trying to cut weight, the carnivore diet is cool. The way that you've been explaining it, like with the butter, the salt, and all that good stuff. I'm salivating. 
You just describing. <laughs> that was porn to me. That was audio porn. You should be like, I should, you know what? I should, for all of you carnivores out there, I'm going to, in Canada, it's, called, it's a 1-900 number. You know, those sexy lines that you call. <laughs> I'm going to create a carnivore 1-900 number where you can just talk sexy about porn. I mean, about, huh? well, yeah, we do <laughs> sexy carnivore porn. Uh, just carnivore, talking carnivore Ooh. porn in our sexy voices. Sexy It's like the, I'm like quoting SNL so much today. It's like the sweaty balls. I love sweaty right? balls. It was so the, the <laughs> sweaty ball Christmas episode. We can just talk like that. Sausage talk about sweaty so bacon. Delicious. Sizzling on the pan. The way it crisps in my mouth. Oh, crunchy, crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I've sent friends carnivore porn photos of my food. Like, yeah. look at this delicious, like, two-inch steak. Oh, my God. Look at, I can't even say steak without salivating. Oh, I'm my God. Stuck. You like two-inch meat? <laughs> You're not a size queen. <laughs> I'm easily satisfied. Hey, in the steak world, two inches is thick. Okay. <laughs> Yes, we went oh, there. No. Okay, so the episode today <laughs> right. is about cholesterol. So one of my fans was uh, interested in, requested so kindly for me to do an episode on carnivore and cholesterol and maybe a little bit about statins too and how that all interplays. So we're going to get a little nerdy. I always like to start or at least have a little bit of fun. Thank God, by the way, Lana, Laughing with Lana is Hi. my now officially every episode producer yeah she's so adorable i have like a thing with her like she's got a beautiful we have a bond we have a huge bond we have like a sister bond i love yes (laughs) and i don't have a sister she's a sister from another mister i have one of those but she's in canada but now i have one here (laughs) and i am by osmosis latina so (laughs) she (laughs) and i seriously can be sisters just because of that and look at these ridiculous nails that I have for my competition. They're so weird. I, I seriously think that a man invented nails because they've handicapped me. Oh, have they? I can't open a can, a can't soda text. can, or like my my sparkling water. Texting is is dumb. I can't. <laughs> I voice text now on the computer. Do I tap with my fingers? My my nail tips like. Oh, and then they slip and they hit another key. I hate that. I can't. Oh, I can't. Bye. Yeah, so, and I mean in medicine you don't have these things because they're petri dishes of all things. Germs. I sc- I scrub the crap out of them, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you know, whatever. Maybe I'll wear them through Halloween because I'm going to be Catwoman. Rare. Yes, I have I a leather love cat this suit for coming. You. Uh-huh. What so color, Brett? I'm going to be in town for Halloween, Lana. So let's figure a place to go. Oh, let's go. Anyways. So why were we talking about cholesterol? cholesterol? I don't know how we got. Why to is cholesterol? Is cholesterol on? Let me let you speak first, because I want to know. I'm like, is cholesterol good in some form? Because oh I always make God. it seem like it's bad. This episode is for you. It Yay. is not bad. Cholesterol has been completely misrepresented. This is a fact. I'm going to go through some of this here. It is not scary. It's so funny because some of my MD colleagues that I talk about this to, that I went on the carnivore and all the things, and I'm eating bone marrow and all this stuff, they're like, the cholesterol, the cholesterol's going to kill you. It's going to be so bad, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that Western medicine didn't train you properly. <laughs> I don't say it like that. I'm not a bitch. <laughs> I think it in yes, a funny way. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a product of Western medicine education too, so I can't hate. I'm not an MD. I'm a DNP. But, I mean, I'm just using the system skills to 
share this information with you and do what they taught me to do. So I was a product. I was an NP forever. And so I didn't learn it either. But it's just funny when I can make fun of them because they can. And mm. I like it. And <laughs> I hope they like it too. But it's just like, oh, you're cute that you don't know. And I didn't know either. So I feel for you. But this is what's go well, this is what's real. Let's actually look at the <laughs> this is what's <laughs> I love you because <laughs> you're like oh that's cute. cute. You think cholesterol is bad. You're cute that you think cholesterol is bad. Oh, uneducated people are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I am sitting on my high horse like I fucking knew the whole time, and I didn't <laughs> until recently either. But you're so cute for thinking that cholesterol is bad, <laughs> but it's not. So we're going to tell you today <laughs> why. All right. Thanks for continuing to watch and listen. It might get a little dry. Forgive me. I'm just going to be spouting off some facts here along the way and trying to make it interesting and throw in some of my uh, experiences. Um, and Lana can heckle me along the way, too. I invite that. <laughs> so, okay. So what is cholesterol? Cholesterol is basically a sterolipid. It's essential for our all human life and animals. Um, it's virtually in every cell. It's involved in many functions in the body, basically. So it helps with cellular integrity. That's like the lipid membrane. So for some, most of you girls and some of you guys, I have male clients in the med spa that I've, I've worked at and I'm overseeing. So some of you guys do actually care about your skin and put lotion on but your skin for example has like a lipid layer a fatty layer on top and all the water soluble stuff is in the middle and so all those like over-the-counter skin creams that are water-based they actually can't penetrate into the deeper layers of the the tissue because they don't have the fatty layer there is one brand that does have uh an interfuse technology that can bypass it and put those products into this the deeper levels of the skin but the point is that the fatty the lipid layer that we have in our, our skin, it's it's all over hormones and everything like that. So it holds the skin integrity together. It also forms the myelin sheath or myelin formation. So nerves have a myelin. It's like this little, think of a hot dog with mm. rolled in mustard. Or no, a corn dog. Perfect. Mm. It's a corn dog with, yeah, it's the hot dog with the, the corn around it. That's, mm -hmm. think of the corn dog part or the corn part as the myelin. Oh, okay. The myelin sheath. And so all the nerves are linked together like a like sausage links. Mm -hmm. Word of the day is sausage. Sausage links of corn dogs. That is like a nerve connection in the brain. Okay. Right? So like in people with MS, they have a deterioration of their myelin sheath. Mm -hmm. So the myelin sheath is important for the impulses of uh, like in the motor neurons, right? When you're when you're trying to move. Mm -hmm. I apparently my example of movement is the robot. Um, so when you're moving like a robot or you have a tremor, you can't, you know, you, for example, you the myelin sheath can be damaged like an MS, which causes the symptoms. It doesn't allow the nerves to conduct properly. So imagine if you just took a bite of the corn part of the corn dog. Mm. That is like MS. So in this case, we're talking not about MS today or how it relates to cholesterol directly, it's actually the myelin. So the myelin, we need cholesterol to improve the myelin sheath. Now, I'm actually interested to see if there are any research on cholesterol levels and the myelin, because what you will learn by the end of this is that high cholesterol is not actually 
necessarily a bad thing. In most cases, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's actually protective and can actually have positive benefits mm -hmm. mentally, neurally, and every other way. And we'll tell you what are the actual causes of cholesterol, high cholesterol. It's not what everyone thinks in mainstream media. So just a side note, I will do some research on MS and if there's any okay. studies on cholesterol. It might be interesting to find oh, out. Nice. Anyways, I digress. Back on topic. <laughs> um, hormone synthesis. So yes, hormones are made of fat, particularly cholesterol, right? Which is mm -hmm. fat. So it turns, uh, it, the main hormone is pregnenolone. Guys, you won't get pregnant by having pregnant alone, I promise you. It's circulating in you, but you won't have a baby. <laughs> it's actually pregnant alone is uh, turned into different types of hormones like cholesterol, uh, sorry, cortisol, testosterone, progesterone, DHEA, estrogen, even vitamin D3 and, and some other things. So it's really important that we have enough cholesterol in our body circulating so we can make our hormones. I really also think that the this whole push for low cholesterol is also causing a lot of this imbalance that we're seeing. Mm. I don't have any research to back that. I haven't looked at it, but I will. But it makes sense. Right. We, we There is a study that I'm going to talk about later, or I may bypass since I'm talking about it now, that actually um, low levels of cholesterol in young women have an increased incidence of depression and anxiety. Oh, really? So I don't know exactly what the whole correlation is there, but there's strong, strong links. Having high cholesterol actually improves that. So wow. the nerve conduction, the hormone levels, and you know, women with postpartum depression. I had really bad postpartum depression within 12 hours. Both my kids, as soon as I delivered, 12 hours. That is not neuro. It was so, so hormonal. Mm -hmm. If I would have been eating my placenta, yeah, people do that, might not have had that same issue. Right. But, I mean, I was also, like, not eating enough cholesterol. I was, like eating tons of carbs. It was like a sugarholic. That's like the oh. worst thing. So anyways, lots of very interesting things that I'm learning about cholesterol and, and all this connection and carnivore and what I've been experiencing, like these dots are being connected together. And more and more I'm realizing and seeing that what we're being told in the media is not what's actually even scientifically based. Right. We're actually seeing that consumerism has been driving research, not the other way around. <laughs> of course it has. It's, like gluten. But it's shocking, though. It's shocking to the degree, particularly with cholesterol, because, and there's an example that I'll bring up later, that I never understood why this this phenomenon was happening with my patients, but it was. I was like, okay. What was happening? Because like, I didn't know. Okay, I'll get into it. So what was happening we would have clients, I would have patients that were coming in, like they were older, like 65 and above, like elderly patients. I wouldn't, 65 isn't actually old. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe when, <laughs> when, I was, when I was 24 as a nurse, new nurse practitioner, that was old. But um, so like elderly, 70s, um, 70, 80-year-old patients who they started, because they would have to get their blood draw every six months for their cholesterol medications and their blood pressure and like their high-risk mm -hmm. people that they're going to think they're going to drop dead at any moment. So we'd have to do their labs regularly. Mm -hmm. These people knew that, oh, yeah, if I just don't eat steak or like meat like a day or two before my labs, my cholesterol is normal. And then I could just eat like shit the rest of the three to six oh. months. I was like, okay, that's weird. Why would you do that? And Or they're like, yeah, I just didn't eat all day yesterday and now my, my cholesterol will be normal. Like they... They knew intuitively, 
maybe not intuitively, they knew just by doing their lab so often that when they just by happenstance didn't eat or they didn't eat meat or whatever, their cholesterol would be lower yeah. than they were when they were just, you know, regularly fasting or not what doing whatever. This is very important because your cholesterol levels fluctuate so much throughout the day. Whether you had a fatty meal, whether you've been intermittent fasting, the the measurement of cholesterol is so inaccurate. Mm-hmm. It's inaccurate because it can fluctuate so much. Oh. So these patients were like cheating the system. I'd be like, well, I'm just not, I'm just going to eat good for a couple of days and my cholesterol is going to be fine. Right. Dumbass. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's smart. It just, it speaks to how medicine doesn't have it right. Yeah. Medicine, it, like you can cop the system. So if, if it fluctuates that much, then why are we making such a big deal about it? And what does it really mean? And what is it really doing? And oh. right. So it raises all these questions. It's like a drug test. Like if you like, like if I do something crazy yeah. two days before my drug test, it's like, well, OK, well, now it just doesn't pop up when I get a job. But when I go back home, I'm going to do another little something something and it's gonna like but i cheated my system to get the job yes cholesterol so, testing is like drug testing i like <laughs> it <Lana>. I know. <laughs> of course i bring everything back to drugs of course sorry <laughs> it's your shtick it's your shtick mine apparently is like perversion yours is drugs <laughs> <laughs> well All right. Um, We are like a quarter of the page into my like five page uh, lecture today. (laughs) Lecture. Yes, I do speaking and I'm lecturing you. I don't act like this in my speaking. (laughs) You videoed me. You know, I'm actually professional when I speak to crowds, but only on camera. Apparently to the entire world. (laughs) I don't give a shit. No, I was going to say, I'm like, on on camera, you're super professional. But I was like, Dr. Leslie off camera is so funny and different. I was like, that needs to be on camera. Bring your personality out. Well, that's why I wanted to bring the reality TV show yeah. producers and, and produce a, a reality show with the podcast studio. Because all of this stuff, this is why I started record. I want to record back behind the scenes. Because people don't get to see the way I am. When I'm off camera, <laughs> when I am on camera right now is even still just a fraction of who. I yes, really <laughs> just a fraction of how wild she is in private. Guilty. <laughs> so, but you know, I have to use my doctoral skills. I want to educate. I like this platform. People ask questions. So, mm. those of you who don't appreciate my humor or my crassness or whatever, there are many other people. But if you want to hang with the <laughs> what is it the the hot carnivore doctor yes then you know. you're the you're the hot meat doctor i called you the hot dog the hot dog <laughs> yes that was a corny dad joke it was a corny dog dad joke for sure well because she makes fun of me because i for those of you who didn't watch season one um season you know just started with season two I had a thing with the microphone mm-hmm. where before people would come in, I would actually, Austin was producing my show at the time, and it was like this inside joke. <laughs> I would ask every one of my guests. I would he, he used to do the prep, like have my guests come in and put all the headphones and everything on. 
and he would say this, and I'm like, stop stealing my line. I want the line <laughs> with the microphone. And he's like, okay, whatever. He's like, let let her, you know, let her rip. And so I'm just, I would tell them, so put the headphones on and put the microphone six inches from your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke because I wanted to see what people thought six inches was. What women think six inches is is completely different. It is so true. It's so true. It's so different from a man's six inches. Yes. So I was doing, and I, I'm pretty sure I've said this on multiple episodes, yeah. talked about this whole thing before, but it's really funny since we're talking about my persona. But yes, yeah, so it was very interesting that women and men have a different different perspective and I should actually do like a little study on this put mm -hmm. my thoughts down on my <laughs> my very impromptu secret research <laughs> on men and women's identification of six inches <laughs> but anyway back to the show sorry the last <laughs> the last one is the cholesterol helps create bile acid so bile is um, created in the liver it's stored in the gallbladder and it helps digest and absorb fat. So it gets secreted mm. from the gallbladder. If you don't have one, ee, sucks to be you. You're going to have to take some bile acid uh, supplements to help digest, especially <laughs> if you want to do carnivore. Um, it also helps make the, the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K uh, absorbable as well. So it has a very – cholesterol has a very, very important role. Okay, here is a very, very important fact – Lana, time code this shit right now. Let's go. Okay, time code 2939. Let's go. So this is a really <laughs> important fact. 20% of the cholesterol you eat is used from the bloodstream. Oh. Okay. The rest is made from the liver. So what you consume, only 20% is actually going to be used. The rest is made. Okay, and so this is going to come in very handy later on when I talk about what the balance is with the HDL and the LDL. There's always, your body is always striving for a homeostasis, which means an even amount of cholesterol in your body. So people keep thinking like, oh my God, I have to watch what I eat from cholesterol. It doesn't matter. Your body, what, what's going to happen is, even if you eat a ton of cholesterol, which again is only in like milligrams, not grams, mm -hmm. milligrams. Like we're talking small amounts of cholesterol that your body actually absorbs from animal meats and the mm -hmm. carnivore, not grams and grams. So what you're eating for cholesterol, what your body does is it down-regulates the production of, of cholesterol from your liver because it's like, oh, well, I can take a break because I'm getting so much cholesterol, I'm just going to take a rest mm -hmm. and the, your body doesn't have to produce it. And that's really great if your liver, I mean, the liver with the amount of shit people put in their body, like the liver is the constant filter. Yeah. And if it can take a break in any way, like if you drink alcohol, I mean, your liver hates you. But uh, <laughs> I mean, regularly. But I mean, even with cholesterol, it doesn't have to produce as much. It's always striving for a homeostasis. So if you're mm -hmm. eating a little bit excess, it's not going to just overflow and you're going to have this crazy, you know, effect your body is going to downregulate to try and create that now yes there will be sometimes sometimes carnivore can increase your cholesterol but again cholesterol isn't bad and there's protective effects to it and your body's always achieving homeostasis so it's not to be scared you don't be scared if you're eating cholesterol 
Okay, your body will compensate and your body only uses a certain amount from the food that you consume. And then there's a, a whole system that your body is going to be using it for. And again, if you've been carb focused and not fat focused for a majority of your life, there is so much cellular function that your body is craving. It is going to just soak up all of that cholesterol and start repairing your body the moment you start converting over to carnivore. I mean, that was my experience. That's really how your body, it's always wanting to achieve homeostasis, this this state of perfect balance. So not to worry. Um, dietary cholesterol is mostly found in animal foods like meat, eggs, selfish, cheese, dairy products, which I can't eat, and organ meats like liver, which mm. I love. Very, very rich in cholesterol. Uh, but even the richest sources, like I said, only come in milligrams. It's not grams. And there's no calories in cholesterol. So, you're mm. again, you're kind of safe there. Fun fact. Wait. So, wait. like, beef brains has 3,100 milligrams. There's no mm. – chole- wait, there's no – No calories in cholesterol. How, how? Because it's not a source of energy. It's just a carrier, basically. Cholesterol is just meant to repair and build cells and be, horm- you know, be using hormones and be, it's like a, it's a catalyst. Sure. It's a transporter. So there's no calories in it. It's just, um, it's, I don't know, I, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for it, but it's just a, a vehicle of, getting you from one place it's like a car it's like an uber it's an uber so cholesterol is the uber it's an uber but the the calories is what would that be in a sense compared to uber like the, the calories gas are... in the car oh i get what you mean oh okay so you mean like because what gives you energy is the calories Yes. But the cholesterol is what gives you basically like the nutrition and the the the, it, yeah. the transportation of the calories. Yes. Oh, I got I it. I mean, it's not really transportation of the calories. That no. Okay. It's it's a it's a it's a building block. Cholesterol is a building block. Mm-hmm. But when we look at like the LDL, LDL actually carries cholesterol. So I'm sorry, I wasn't clear on the molecule versus the the cholesterol carrier, like what we measure it in the bloodstream. But no, there is no calories because it doesn't have any. It's not being burned for energy. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. It's kind of like, you know, bacteria in your body, which we have natural of. It has no calorie. It's just a structure in there to help break down food. So cholesterol is just a building block. Think of it as a building block. Okay. Yeah, that's probably a better analogy than the car. We kind of fucked that one up. So we'll edit that out. We'll edit. Yeah. <laughs> time, time stamp that one. <laughs> so yes, the cholesterol is just a building block for the body's cellular repair and function. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's another fun fact. Fat and cholesterol content have a very unique relationship. Certain dairy foods are high in fat, lower in cholesterol, while shellfish is higher cholesterol, lower in fat. This is according to the USDA Nutrition Data Laboratory. So just because something has fat in it doesn't mean that it's high in cholesterol, right? The opposite can be true. So they're very, they're separate processes. Again, because one is a building block, one is a- Like an energy. Energy source, Mm -hmm. right. 
So here's a super fact. I labeled this in my notes, super fact. Super fact. Let's go. Time code this one. I'm code, baby. According to Connor and Lynn in the Journal of Metabolism, cholesterol found in meat or eggs is mostly in its esterified form, okay, which means it can't be used in the body, right? So when you're consuming it, it's it's not going to be broken down and, and used in some sort of absorbed way. So if the body does end up using it in these rare instances, it uh, doesn't correlate to increased serum cholesterol levels. That's because eating more cholesterol triggers your liver, like I said, to produce less cholesterol, resulting in an overall cholesterol homeostasis. So this is a just a built-in mechanism where your body is like, okay, cholesterol can't be really used, so it's just gonna, we're just gonna produce less of it so that it can be used as a building block in a nice balanced state. That's very, very shocking to, I think, to a lot of people because they think if you eat a lot of cholesterol, then it's gonna directly correlate to your cholesterol levels, and it is not the case. We're gonna go into this a little bit more. This is why it's so controversial because the guidelines to lower cholesterol by eating less of it is totally wrong. Mm. It's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. Because the media has us thinking that. Yeah, so why is it so controversial? Well, cholesterol is widely misunderstood, and like we talked about the inaccurate measurement methods, mm-hmm. right? And the faulty initial research based on it. So here's gonna be a little bit of history. This was a shocker to me. I had seen it in the clinical space, like I said, when people would manipulate their cholesterol levels by just, you know, fasting or whatever. I'm like, if this is such supposed to be such a long-term indicator of arteriosclerosis, which is hardening of the arteries, which can lead to heart attacks and mm-hmm. you know, vessel blowouts or whatever. I mean, why is it that we can manipulate them one day and then they're fine? <laughs> it didn't make any long-term Except, of course, if somebody was consistently eating crappy over time. But as an indicator, if someone is manipulating and say, well, I have low cholesterol because I just fasted for the last week or I didn't eat, you know, steak and their cholesterol is super good. But then the rest of the time, we could be missing people that could potentially be at risk. Yeah. Or, I mean, it just didn't make the dots did not connect. Yeah. And now I understand why. Because the research, the initial research is, is faulty. So... <laughs> Faulty research number one. Uh In the early 1900s, there were Russian scientists that were feeding rabbits cholesterol. And it caused plaque in the arteries, Mm -hmm. right? But we found out, I mean, they we, like I was there in the 1900s, (laughs) the rabbits didn't metabolize cholesterol like humans. Mm -hmm. So they ended up debunking that. They ended up actually finding that they gave rabbits thyroid hormone. And they realized that it was actually the thyroid that was causing the high cholesterol levels. It wasn't the actual, like the way they metabolized when they had cholesterol was dependent on the thyroid hormone. It wasn't directly related to the cholesterol itself. It was the thyroid function. What? I know. So this was in like uh, the 1930s. Hmm. Later in the 1930s, it was uh, generally accepted by researchers and by clinicians who were experimenting that um, hypothyroidism caused high cholesterol. So when the thyroid isn't functioning properly, it's actually contributing to high cholesterol. Mm. So there was a doc, uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this, Broda Barnes, 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 in the 1930s, who started treating high cholesterol regularly with, um, treating high cholesterol by treating thyroid issues and was having amazing success. So it was actually widely accepted at that time that high cholesterol was actually caused by thyroid disease. Now, this 
link was kind of forgotten mm-hmm. as vegetable oil came onto the market apparently in the 1950s. Oh, God. And vegetable oil is like a semi toxic substance, Um, but it was found to modestly lower cholesterol and they didn't really know exactly why, but it fed into like this narrative that cholesterol was bad. Yeah. Because somehow this vegetable-based oil was lowering cholesterol. So they thought, oh, okay, well, meat, fat is bad because, you know, the rabbit thing and, you know, and then the vegetable fat isn't bad because it's lowering it so that must be correlated they made a correlation instead of doing more research right exactly so like okay well we'll feed into this you know so the vegetable oil let's make everyone eat vegetable oil for whatever reason vegetable oil became like a big thing but it was it was aftermarket research that they found these things so anyways so this is where i was saying consumerism is driving research and so this this narrative just continued on as more and more of this agenda to you know, some people think the agenda is to keep people sick, to, you know, push a particular agenda of whoever is involved. But, um, I mean, we, we see the trends. So whether that's the case or not, who knows. Uh, but it, it definitely was not in alignment with research and what clinicians were doing even in the mm. 30s. So Jesus. then the inaccurate measures, like I was talking to you about, um, they're, they're prone to error, firstly. So mm. there's a doc, Peter Atia, he's an MD, was saying that, quoting, cholesterol testing is largely irrelevant. <laughs> he went on record. This is an MD, okay, uh. who, who prescribes, who sees, you know, patients. Right. You should have, he's recommending, you should have a lipoprotein analysis using NMR spectroscopy instead. Whoa. So... To further on this, the like I was saying, the cholesterol fluctuates throughout the day. If you intermittent fast, if you're eating steak or butter or whatever, it can completely throw things off. So, you know, you need to have more advanced tests if you really want to understand what's happening in your body in terms of cholesterol. So let's go through, like, the good and bad cholesterol. That's what I was just about to ask. Okay. Girl, I got you. Let's go. Got you. Let's go. Okay, so LDL, which everyone knows is like the bad cholesterol, the low-density lipoprotein, um, it carries cholesterol and the triglycerides to the cells for cellular repair. Most of the standard testing that we do in Western medicine is testing the LDL-C, not the LDL-P. So what's the difference? This LDL, that's a great question. I was <laughs> just going to answer that. LDLC is how much cholesterol is bound to the, the LDL. So remember the LDL, think of it as, it's, that's the car. Okay. It's transporting, okay. right? So how much cholesterol is bound to the car? So okay. let's say you, you strapped your canoe to the top of the car, mm-hmm. right? The cholesterol's Road trip, yeah. Yeah. And so the LDLP is how many particles are floating around in the bloodstream. So how many of your canoes are just laying out on the fucking street? Oh, okay. okay. Right? Are they, are they canoeing by you <laughs> magically on the street? Okay. Are they wheels on them and they're just rowing? They're just waiting to hop on. Right? I love this car and canoe concept. So, um, yeah. So the LDLP is what's circulating free. Mm-hmm. So that is really, so I'll just quote the study. So Otfos and his 
scientist friends who did this one study. They said if the LDLP is low, you likely don't have to worry about cholesterol even if the LDLC is high because remember what's bound to the car, the canoe is bound to the car, it's not in your bloodstream, it's not going to stick anywhere. It's being transported oh. to cells. So the less free canoes, the less free cholesterol roaming about, mm -hmm. the better you are. So if more if more cholesterol is bound to the LDL, which is what you're measuring, that means less is free. Oh, causing that problems. makes sense because that's the cholesterol clots or whatever they're talking about the right. plaque that build right. up. Right. Oh, it makes sense. Right. So this is what they suggest. You worry less if your LDL C is high. Okay. If your LDLP is low. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Again, just because you're eating a shit ton of cholesterol and fat on carnivore does not mean that your cholesterol is necessarily going to go up. Remember, right. the, the liver down regulates. And if you have, you know, we're going to talk about the HDL in a minute. Um, if everything is bound and you have, you know, this really nice, you know, body that's processing everything, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Just because that LDLC is high doesn't mean that you're going to die. In fact, it might be the opposite. Nice. So HDL helps collect cholesterol and transport it back to the liver. So you have the LDL carrying the canoes. You've got the free cholesterol, you know, the cholesterol canoes. <laughs> the side canoes. <laughs> and then you have the canoes that are just rolling along on their, you know, skateboards <laughs> down the road. You have the LDLs that are basically like the um, – the police, they're like rounding up the canoes. Okay. They're going around. The HDL is going around picking up these scragglers. Like, mm -hmm. okay, you don't belong here. You don't belong here. Let's take you back to the liver. Let's recycle you. Oh. And then we'll make you into some new cholesterol when we need you. Oh. But we don't need you. So HDL is the protective. It's the low-density lipoprotein. So the higher the HDL, the better. Mm your protection is because it's rounding up like a cowboy all of those little cholesterol levels that are particles that are, are roaming free. So we want to increase our HDL as high as we can get it, even if our H LDL is, is high. Again, mm -hmm. you have bound cholesterol and you have high HDL. You're going to gobble up all the rest of those canoes. What's going to be floating around free? The fats. Maybe nothing. <sighs> so then where is your risk for arteriosclerosis? Right. It doesn't exist. exist. Potentially based off of the findings that are being suggested in the research. Mm. And clinically as people are switching to this kind of thing. So it's pretty mind-blowing. HDL is also an anti-inflammatory and anti-clotting property. Has anti-clotting property. So not only does it protect from all that free-floating cholesterol by grabbing and gobbling it up, it's also preventing cholesterol, um, uh, cardiovascular disease, and reducing, like, the stickiness. So it's a big deal. So we want to be increasing those HDLs. So then what is causing high cholesterol? Mm -hmm. <gasps> Thank you for asking, Lana. <laughs> You're, yes, I'm on point. <laughs> <laughs> I totally just decided to throw her in the show. I'm just like, since you're my new producer, you're going to like almost co-host with me. Okay, pumpkin, pumpkin. I'm here for it. I'm like, so just get mic'd up and get ready because it is on. <laughs> so, and it feels so much better to talk to someone. I mean, I can talk to myself like this all day long. I do it by myself <laughs> without a camera. 
just because it's fun. And you answer yourself. Sometimes I do. But it is more fun when I have Lana because then it makes me feel like, you know. You know, it's funny. I picture you to be the type of person that talks to yourself, but in third person. (laughs) (laughs) Like Leslie. Oh, my God. I've done that. I did this. I did that. When I broke up with my guy oh. a few days ago, I, I literally did one of these, Leslie, get a grip. It's what you need to do. <laughs> it's okay. I literally did. I could but when I'm like talking, that. talking like I am now, mm-hmm. I will talk like this. Like, I, like I'm talking to somebody and some, I will laugh. Will you recognize me laughing at myself with the thought? You're like, oh my God, what are you laughing? I'm just like, I just had a thought come in my head. I would have said it out loud, but I mean, you Austin was here loud. too. I did laugh. I was like, hee, hee, hee. and you were like, you started laughing. You're like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, I'm laughing at something that came in my head. Came in my head. Guys, I was just thinking, I was like, at least it wasn't on it. It was in oh it. God. I, I, I had a, I had a, I had a funny orgasm in my brain. <laughs> I had a joke gasm. That made me I laugh love out loud. that. I had a joke gasm. Joke gasm. I might steal that word from you. That's hashtag great. Joke gasm. Ja- hashtag joke gasm. Here it go. Here it comes. I love it. Um, can I trademark that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag it. <laughs> hashtag I did come trademark. up with brotification. Brotification. I do make up words. I have Leslie's dictionary. You Dr. do. Leslie's dictionary of made up words. Can we jot that down? I'm going to add that to my list. You need to. <laughs> Jokegasm. Jokegasm. Noted. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. So the causes of high cholesterol. So truly, honestly, deeply, madly, hypothyroidism. So when the thyroid is not working, it's actually causing cholesterol to be elevated. So thyroid hormone converts cholesterol into hormones. People didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I think they did one line of that maybe in all of my NP and all of my school training, that thyroid hormone converts cholesterol into hormones. So when you have a slow thyroid, you're not, it's not operating, you're not converting cholesterol into hormones, so what happens to cholesterol? Mm-hmm. They're backing the fuck up. Oh. And you've got canoes of cholesterol all over the freeways Congested. of your arteries. Traffic. Just being like, okay, the thyroid isn't working very well. It's sick, oh. so we're just going to sit here. And so the liver can downregulate as much as it wants to, to not produce, not produce. You could cut back on cholesterol if someone tells you to do that, but it's still going to back up because your body has – I mean, your, your body will still produce cholesterol to a certain degree, but mm-hmm. I mean – if it's not being utilized, there's only so much your body can do. I mean, you're just you're gonna end up getting high cholesterol from right. it. So there could be a lot of this hereditary cholesterol, hypercholesterolemia that could be very strongly related to thyroid. Mm. I will fact check that, but I'm pretty sure there's some studies, at least some correlation, because we already know this is this is research. This is not yeah. my hypothesis. This is scientific. We we know this. Yeah. We know this. Okay. Um, poor food choices. So 2019, there was a study by 19 researchers that concluded that the scientific evidence does not support the World Health Organization's guidelines for reducing dietary saturated fat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down there, big pony. 
What? Did I just talk gibberish or are you just mind blown right now? Well, a little bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) So there were a bunch of researchers all over the world that basically said that there's no evidence to support the World Health Organization's guidelines on lowering cholesterol. Shut the fuck up. Yes. 2019. Mm -hmm. This is hotly debated, obviously, because you have the who. Yes. The who, um, who's deciding the guidelines for the entire world. Right. Like the FDA. What's that? Like the FDA. So this is above that. So the FDA regulates Food and Drug Administration. They focus on pharmaceuticals and approvals and food grade and all that stuff. The World Health Organization says, bitches, all of you have to follow these regulations for what causes cholesterol because we are the people that make, that influence your research and fund and all the stuff. They're powerful. Wow. So they're they're the ones who tell the countries what the global research is saying and what they would recommend. I mean, I guess you don't have to follow the who, but they're supposedly in the Western medicine, you know, in the, the medical community, they are regarded as the people that know everything. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know the who, Crazy. we call it the who. I've never heard of health. them. Yeah, the WHO. World Health Organization. Yeah, so... I thought the FDA was like top notch. I thought that was. There's a global organization. Oh my God, I'm so ignorant. Okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for participating in this podcast. I feel like I've enriched you. You're Every single podcast, I learned something new from you. I started the carnivore diet, just so you know. I didn't. Shut up! I was you wait gonna, now to tell me. I know. I was going to tell you after because I was like, I, I, I brought sausage in today. Like, I've been eating sausage with syrup, but still, I ate sausage. Oh I'm God, trying. Okay, that's a carnivore. <laughs> no, I'm trying. Inside. I'm trying. I'm trying. Girl, I'm, you're going to car- cause a cardiovascular. Okay, you need to let me finish because sugar, you have to. It's the devil. You have to stop. I know. I you can't do carnivore and sugar at the same time. You're actually going to... But sausage and maple syrup, how can you say oh no? How can you say no? I yeah. can. Uh, I, I can. love sausage that much. I bet you do, you little <laughs> slut. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, so the so, who... So the who, so that's that's a hotly debated. Um, we see elderly people have increased longevity with higher total cholesterol levels mm-hmm. over 270. So they try and keep people, first it was like 250, and then it was 240, and then it was 220. Now it's like they want it under 200. But there's actually a lot of research that's coming out. The older you get, you actually should have higher cholesterol because it's actually protective. Oh. You need You need more hormones because those people who subscribe to aging – I am not one of them. You you think I'm stupid, but just wait when in 40 years when I still look the way I do now, then you're going to be like, oh my God, I remember that episode when I called you stupid and now I want to know your secrets. I'm going to say, too late. You're old and haggard. You should have laughed at me. You should have ate cholesterol. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Anyways, um, so it's actually showing that people, elderly people, they – do better mm-hmm. when they have higher cholesterol levels because they have more hormones to fight off stress. They have more thyroid hormone and other hormones that are actually protective. Like you mm. need you need your estrogen and progesterone, all these things to be actually safer for your heart. Pe- people don't people don't know that. Oh my God, it's already five minutes. I have like a whole thing to do here. <laughs> 
Um, the joke-gasms got in the way of timing. Yes, <laughs> the digressing. Um, a study in 2020 in the American Journal of Cardiology states that the WHO guidelines had weakened the overall weakened the overall guidelines on chronic disease incidence and mortality. So meaning that basically these guidelines to lower cholesterol has actually been to a detriment of the guidelines of the all-cause mortality and other chronic illnesses, chronic diseases. Oh, no. So my next point literally I wrote, so basically sugar is the devil. It is. So it is – um, this includes fruits and grains. It's all carbohydrates because carbohydrates carbohydrates are reduced to sugar, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's complex ones that take slower to convert, but it all ends up being sugar. It's all the same in the end. It contributes to obesity, diabetes. It's linked to heart disease. So lots and lots of research has come out that suggests that excess carbs um, – Linked excess carbs to LDL and triglycerides increasing cardiovascular mortality. Oh, no. I've been telling people this. It is not the fat. It is not the cholesterol. It's the sugar. Sugar creates inflammation. It creates stickiness. It wreaks havoc. It's not the fat. It's not the cholesterol. It's the sugar. It's sugar with fat. It's sugar on its own. It's it's Even natural sugars? It's carbohydrates. Any carb ends up being a sugar. What about honey? Is it sugar? It is sugar? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know if it was sugar or not. Yes. <laughs> sugar lowers HDL, hydra, high, um, what did I write here? Low, uh, sugar lowers HDL and most likely, oh my God, I don't know what I was trying to write there. There was a study that was saying that the, um, Sugar lowers the HDL and it has uh, increases triglycerides, which is obviously causes death from cardiovascular disease. Ugh. So, um, and then the opposite is true. In 2010, a study of over 6,000 patients found that um, more the more um, carbs a patient ate, the lower the HDL and the higher the triglycerides. So it just reiterated that. So mm. it's a it's a big problem. But basically, the summary of that is the dietary guidelines are not not consistent with you know what they're trying to peddle sugar is the devil it's not the cholesterol um inactivity inactivity um activity itself increases hdl again so if you have high hdl you're going to gobble up all that excess it's going to help your liver keep that homeostasis um even if you don't exercise for a few days three days or so your hdl starts dropping so there's studies that show that you need to be exercising 30 minutes every day We'll keep your HDLs high. Mm-hmm. The more intensive, the more you you work, the more your HDL will be high. So it's very cardioprotective. And of course, smoking, smoking increases your cholesterol, causing arteriosclerosis. Because, <laughs> sorry, bitch, you're gonna die, I- Lana. <laughs> she looked right at me when she said, "Of course, smoking," and looked right at me. I was like, "Who the fuck you looking at? The person behind me? Like, <laughs> I don't smoke." <laughs> So smoking thickens the blood. It raises blood pressure and damages those delicate little arteries, um, the small, small little vessels. Wait, so does that mean my skinny ass can call myself thick because I smoke? You are thick. Mm. You are thick somewhere. <laughs> my arteries um, this are. This makes it hard for cholesterol to pass through those little, little capillaries <laughs> and, and into the, you know, to get transported. It sticks and then you die. <laughs> so stop smoking. Fuck. So how do you protect yourself from 
high cholesterol, well, basically do the opposite of everything I said. Since Lana told me I only have five minutes, I'm going to run through this. No, like don't rush through it. You got some time, but I'm just letting you know your hour is hitting. (laughs) Okay. So um, optimizing cholesterol, obviously you want to get your thyroid levels checked. Iodine is really important. I'm going to probably do an episode on iodine next week mm-hmm. because I've started subscribing to this. It's really amazing and reading the literature and how important it is to cholesterol. And I don't want to die. I don't <laughs> want to die. Um, I was trying to think of a Queen song. I should sing it. Which one? Um, the Rhapsody. Mama, Okay, that's enough. Um, So check your thyroid (laughs) levels. Iodine is really important as a supplement to help with the thyroid function. So more on that next time. Eating seafood and, like I said, consuming um, salt that has iodine can actually help, or you can just do the supplementation. Weight loss, the American Diabetes Association found that weight loss may increase the breakdown of bad cholesterol and spare the good effects. Um, Wait, wait, the diabetic one what? The American... Mm-hmm. Diabetes Association mm-hmm. found that weight loss may increase the breakdown of the bad cholesterol. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so they makes sense. Yeah. And spare the good. Mm-hmm. So it results in an improved lipid level. Okay. Obviously, the exercise, like I said, we want to be doing like 30 minutes every day, or you can do an hour, an hour and a half every other, or whatever. Excuse me. But what they found is that it boosts your HDL up by 20% and low can lower your... Uh, LDL, LDL by 15%. Oh. And that's exactly what you want. You want it. Just by working out. Just by working out. Oh. And it has a greater effect in people over 60. That's um. why it's so important. And this is why those people who subscribe to aging, which I don't, <laughs> who are 60 and they're starting to age because of their natural body breakdown, which is really just all an imbalance that you didn't know that you had by <laughs> subscribing to mainstream ways of Um, you are actually going to have a harder time exercising because your body and joints are breaking down on all those things. Mm -hmm. And really what we need to do is do the opposite and you need to exercise because it's so, so cardio protective. Mm -hmm. So we want to be starting this now. We want to defy aging and do all the right things the correct way that is real and science-based so we can bank on our body's regenerative ability so that when 60 hits, you are a badass and you can still be exercising. You don't have the joint pain. You don't have the arteriosclerosis. And you're like, oh my God, I'm 60 and I look like I'm 40 Mm -hmm. or 35 and I am very, very vital and healthy. And that's possible. And there are people all over the world that are like that. And we're not even talking about 60. 80s in the hundreds, Mm -hmm. people are doing so, so well because they just are working with their physiology in the right way with the right information. And healthy fats. So saturated fats appear to be more protective against heart disease than unsaturated fats despite its effect on cholesterol. So everyone's like, unsaturated fats and saturated fats are the devil. It's not the case actually. So... And this is there's a Japanese uh, research researchers that found an inverse relationship between saturated fat and heart, cardiovascular disease. So everyone's saying saturated fats are bad, they cause heart disease. When really it's actually they're finding that it's the opposite. 
Saturated fats are protective against cardiovascular disease, again, because of the things that we were um, chit-chatting about. So um, I did have a whole list here of, you know, some of these MDs, what they're saying, uh, this um, Mary uh, Mary Enig, Enig, I'm mm. totally butchering her name. Um, she affirms that avoiding saturated fat may only make things worse. So to quote her, if you are avoiding fats containing saturated fat and cholesterol, you will not only deprive your body of vital nutrients, but the foods that you consume as substitutes will contain many components like polyunsaturated oils, trans fatty acids, refined sugar that have been associated with increased rates of heart disease. Mm. So again, because the science doesn't support saturated fat, it's all the other shit that we're trying to avoid that's actually causing these problems. So really important stuff that we covered today. I, I do also want to add that there could cholesterol, high cholesterol actually be prote protective. And there is a lot of research that's suggesting that particularly on the, not just the cardiovascular side, but on the mental health side. Mm -hmm. So we talked about before the show, young women have a higher incidence of depression and anxiety when they have low cholesterol, low mm -hmm. fat diets. Mm -hmm. And the opposite is found when they have high cholesterol, higher cholesterol is actually protective for their brain um, and less anxiety and depression. Again, it's hormones, it's nerve conduction, right? There's a Framingham heart study of about 1,900 people found cholesterol levels under 200 had slightly lower verbal fluence, attention, concentration, abstract reasoning, and composite score measuring multiple cognitive domains than those with high cholesterol. Mm. So all of those, so under 200 is where the now the total cholesterol guidelines are. And it should be higher. Yes, it's actually protective. Yeah. Even in elderly, 270 is like actually helps them mm -hmm. with their longevity and lowers mortality. And isn't isn't cholesterol? Because um, they say cholesterol is kind of like the the uh, forms heart disease in a sense, and heart disease is the number one killer in America. So them saying, "Hey, don't eat cholesterol because it's gonna affect your heart," and heart disease is the number one killer. It's like, well, what the fuck is the media really telling you? Well, that's exactly yeah. the point. Is mm. it's not accurate, right? That's I mean, the mean. science is totally debunking that. Researchers across the world have told the WHO there's no research to support that <laughs> and actually growing growing evidence that says the complete opposite is in fact true. That's so sad. So I'm here to just give the information, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I did, did want to, I think there's one more piece here that I wanted to just share a little bit about, you know, the high fat, a little bit more about carnivore. So the... The gist of it in relation to carnivore is it's for people who say, well, my cholesterol is going to go, and <laughs> you think it's a bad thing. You say it like it's a bad thing. You know, when it's like when people say, you're a bitch, you say it like it's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, your cholesterol is going to go up. Well, you say it like it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. It actually can be very protective. Now, you don't want it to be excessive. There might be cases where people are eating so much. Of course, yeah. So much because they have other emotional eating issues maybe where they're eating so much excessive amounts of fat um, and cholesterol that and maybe you know they're not treating their thyroid properly or whatever and they have this backlog in their body right like we talked about all the canoes accumulating you can cut back on certain things that's where you want to optimize your thyroid and, and different things like that you might have to be a little bit more 
careful. But again, the majority of people who do this, this, that's rare. There might be some genetic predispositions for that. But the majority, like most people, their, their HDL goes up. Their cholesterol might increase a little bit, but it's not detrimental. And if you don't have the sugar, we know when the thyroid is operating and you have no sugar, your arteries are going to be crystal clear is the new theory. There is some causality. Most of it is is implicating, but we do know for sure that all of this data that is peddling us that high cholesterol causes high cholesterol, high intake of cholesterol causes high, is not accurate. So that's what we know at this point. So I'm, I'm very much supportive of the carnivore still from my own experiences and how my body is responding and how the labs are and more and more research that's supporting that you don't have to freak out. Again, as long as you're not eating sausage and syrup where you're now a ticking time bomb on top of the smoking. That I can't stop. Well, you better just cut out some damn sugar so you're not having the inflammation and exercise so that you have the HDL Mm -hmm. trying to do something. I mean, I'm not telling you to support your smoking thing, but at least mitigate all the other factors. (laughs) Jesus. I'm going to have to have a talk. 420 for life, motherfucker. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Also, according to or to honor one of my, my listeners who wanted me to talk a little bit about satins, Basically, there there have been a lot of surgeons and doctors who are on this carnivore thing because, again, we research these things, and so we're the cutting edge. That's what we have to do that have actually gone off their statins, and they've gone on carnivore, and they thought that their cholesterol was going to go through the roof, and the exact opposite happened. Mm-hmm. So in terms of statins, I mean, there's so many side effects with statins. I know so many of my patients that couldn't even do that, and that's, like, what they're pushing. You get, like, cramps and all this stuff more and more cases all over from doctors to lay people to everyone in between that are having an improvement in their cholesterol levels, HDL, you know, LDL and, and triglycerides and their sugars by just going on this carnivore diet and being able to get off their medications. So it's kind of, you can't deny the reports of Great what shit. people are doing right. and the science that is continuing to support that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's a mic drop. All right, guys. Elliot. I hope this was fun and informative and you took something from this that will help you in your game of life become the best version of yourself, a healthy Healthy, vital, old person. God. (laughs) Not aged person, old person. (laughs) Right? Healthy, young-looking, amazing, Mm -hmm. aged, old person. Whatever. Whatever you want to label yourself. It's a free (laughs) country. Anyways, guys, thank you so much. Until next time. 